Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. He's Stephen Gagliano. It is great to be with you now 11 days, right? 11 days from Old Miss and Louisville. And today we're talking recruiting. Uh, you know, usually don't dive into recruiting much. It's not really my thing. It's not my niche. Uh, if I want to keep my sanity, I'm not going to track the every movement and tweet from 16-year-old kids. There are people that can stomach that kind of stuff. I am not one of those people. I know the fans crave it, so maybe that's a, a mistake on my part. But I can't do the, well, this player issued a top 10 and Ole Miss was on it. Like, I can't do that stuff. I, I'm, I'm not. I don't even read recruiting articles about official visits. I will look at guys after they've committed, and that's really it. But a guy committed today. And so that's what we're talking about today, Ole Miss. Uh, recruiting, it, it, we'll get into, one, who it was where he's from, which is really important, what position he plays, which is really important, but then the bigger picture in recruiting. We've had similar questions this year that we did that we got last year about, you know, why aren't they recruiting better? Well, because it's not signing day yet. So we'll get to all that coming up right here on the podcast. But first, did you talk to your brother? I did. Okay, so Ole Miss in Louisville on Monday in Atlanta. I know a lot of people are making last-minute plans. I talked to a handful of folks that are just now biting the bullet on tickets. So a lot of you are going. Thousands of you are going. And for those of you that listen to this podcast, the thousands of you that do that, here are some recommendations for where to do. And you've got them categorized, right? Like it's not just a random list. Like you'll <laughs> you'll say this place for this thing, this yeah. place for that thing. Okay. Yeah, I've got tailgating near stadium and then food. And then there's, of course, all the regular stuff to do in Atlanta that you can, you know, do while you're all there right. to kill some time. So let's go down the list one by one. All right. So we've got... We'll start with tailgating near the stadium. Okay, I think so that's this is game that, day yeah. by the Mercedes-Benz Stadium Walking distance, I assume, from the place. I think so. Here's where you should go. So, starting at the top, I don't know if these are in any particular order as far as like the, his favorite ones, but I have it on good authority that he's been to all of them and would recommend all of them. So, we've got Park Bar, Dier, Beer Garden, I guess is how that's pronounced. Dier, so, Park Bar yep. and Dier Beer Garden. Yeah, all right. and that's D-I-E-R. And then... Beer Garden, spelled that kind of funny German way. Then you've got Hudson Grill. The next one is, next one sounds cool, the Reverb, and it's the rooftop of the new Hard Rock Hotel. I, I would imagine that one's going to be a winner for a lot of people. Hey, I've been to Park Bar before. There you go. Yeah, I've been here. <laughs> all right. It's yeah, all it's coming cool back spot. to you now. Yeah, it's, um. so it's definitely not like where the party's going to be at. Like, people aren't going to be, like, you know, shotgunning beers off of balconies and stuff, but it, it was a cool drinking spot with good food for sure. Yeah, I've been here. I want to say if you're looking for, like, shotgunning beers, probably the parking lot of the Mercedes-Benz. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> Superdome. Yeah. Stadium, that's probably the best place to do that. Yeah, I recognize this. How about that? So, yeah, Park Bar, cool spot. It's uh, right next to uh, Centennial Olympic Park. Okay. Yeah, uh, right there downtown. So I remember that place. How about that? 
Then, uh, so yeah, the the reverb, I mentioned that one, the Hard Rock Hotel rooftop. I'm a big rooftop bar guy. For Anywhere sure. that you can go drink on a rooftop sounds good in my book. And then the last tailgating spot near the stadium that he's got for me is Elliott Street Pub. Elliott so. Street Pub. Okay, I'm looking at re, uh, reverb right now. It's a brand new building. Looks nice. It yeah. looks nice, and I think for that, sure. That may be one of the ones closer. Wow, to the it looks. Stadium. I mean, it's right next to the stadium. I mean, yep. the the views from the balcony are literally the stadium right there. So that's a good spot. Looks nice. Probably expensive as hell. <laughs> Probably. What does your brother do for a living? Don't answer that. It's nobody's business. But. <laughs> he sells floppy disks or something for IBM, some kind of sales and marketing and, and all that stuff. Yeah, I remember the days of floppy disks. I'm pulling <laughs> up the mini for this place right now. I just want to see how uh, uh, they don't even have one here. It looks nice, though. Okay, so what was that last one you said? The last one is Elliott Street Pub. By the name, it sounds more like a solid like burger, street food, beer from the tap, that kind of place. Yeah, Elliott Street Pub. Let's see. It look okay. Yep. This is you know just from looking at pictures. This is where I would go. It's got it's a dive bar with. It just looks dirty and dive barry. And yeah, this is where. Oh yeah, this is where I would go. Yeah. So no I think doubt. I think there's something for everyone on this list. Is is the way that he crafted it. Man, that this place is super hipster. <laughs> I mean, it's got a Pabst Blue Ribbon sign. Everything's just dirty, and the stadium is right there. There you go. All right, so run through that list one more time. All right, so we've got Park Bar, Dier Beer Garden, which is probably the one I'm saying wrong, Hudson Grill, The Reverb, and that's the Hard Rock Hotel rooftop, and Elliott Street Pub. And then there's places that are, you know, a little more midtown, Buckhead area-ish, where there's a ton, there's a ton of bars there, too, but these ones D-E-R, are... D-E-R Beer Garden? I'm looking at this one, too. Yeah. But yeah, these ones wow, are... Wow, I changed my mind. Too. This is the spot. Okay. This is the spot. I changed my mind. Forget it. The deer, <laughs> just again, I'm looking at Google Images, but uh, yeah, this is the spot. This place is sick. Maybe yeah, we should. That go to looks this like game. a cool. That looks like a cool drinking spot right there for sure. And uh, you can load up on German food or just Belgian food. We need to be a podcast of the people and be at these bars the night of really the day should. of the game. We need to make that happen somehow. Yeah, this is this is a cool spot. Definitely a cool spot. Um, all of them are. They all look good, but yeah, der, it's D-E-R, by the way. Okay. He's der, it wrong. Or, I'm blaming him. Der Beer Garden. Der Beer Garden. <laughs> um, that sounded more French. Yeah. Yeah. So this place is right by the Georgia Aquarium. So, it, I mean, it's all right downtown. Um, like a block from the College Football Hall of Fame, which is worth going to, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the kind of thing that if you get there on Saturday, do that kind of stuff. Do the aquarium, do the Coca-Cola Museum. I love all that kind Dude, of the stuff. The aquarium is awesome. It is. I got Go engaged early, at the though. aquarium. So I'm, I'm very oh, partial yeah. to going there. I, I think everyone should go and do that. And... Yeah, you can. That's the, walking distance to the stadium, too. Right. All College of these Football places Hall are, of Fame it looks like. Is a lot of fun. It's definitely, it, you know, it's a solid hour or two that you can walk through. You can kick a field goal. I made it, by the way, when I was Attaboy. there. So you can do that kind of stuff. And yeah, it, it's all in that same kind of area. A- again, we said this last time, but now you've got a, a few names to look at. If you can't have fun in this area of Atlanta, then that's a you problem. Yeah, you're There's doing a lot of good wrong. stuff to do down there. Um, but that's where I'd be. Der Beer Garden. 
is where I'd go. They need to workshop that name a little bit. Yeah. But, you know. People like us aren't going to remember that or be able to say it. I bet, I mean, this is right next to the Hilton downtown. I bet there's a bunch of you guys staying at the Hilton that is adjacent to this place, basically. Yeah, so you can go there. You can go there Sunday night or whatever, Saturday night, stumble back to your hotel room, have a good time with it. All right. Okay, so that was that was drinking spots, tailgating. What's next? Now we've got food spots. Food, we've got the Vortex, really good burger spot. Never uh, heard of that. I've been a couple times. The last time I got one of those peanut butter bacon burgers. Oh, yes. Delicious. That's a combination that a lot of people give me shit for, but yeah. I love it. Uh, those people those people have never tried it. That's the only explanation. <laughs> that's a very good point. Oh, that's a cool-looking place. And uh, the next one on this list is controversial for some reason. More people recently have started to tell me that they don't like it, but the Varsity. I oh, love go the to varsity. the Varsity if you haven't yeah. been. Go. I think it's absolutely delicious, and people need to go there. So I Even Googled the Vortex Atlanta. All right, if you have kids in the car listening, okay, not safe for work since it's incoming. So don't say I didn't worry you, warn, warn you. Not safe for work. This is a headline. The Vortex in Atlanta proudly displays a wooden penis. <laughs> That and there's may, a picture. That may be new since the last time I was there. Wow. That's that's there. Let's see. And the, the first line of the article is, it's a family-friendly establishment. Hmm. To make a long story short, Maybe. a customer bought it in Thailand and gifted, gifted it to the Vortex in 2014. I guess it was there when I went last. <laughs> Didn't notice. They it. may have possibly taken it down. But, yeah, here's a, a picture of it. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Uh, and there's a sign next to it that says, rub me for luck. It's up to you whether or not to do that. I don't think that's a mandate when you walk in the door. Okay, it looks cool otherwise. (laughs) It looks cool otherwise. Go for the peanut butter bacon Uh, burger, not for that. Okay, all right, back to uh, safe for work so the kids can listen again. Sorry. So the Varsity was the next one. Again, delicious. A little touristy, and you're going to have to wait for it probably, but you got to go. Uh, the other one, and this is more fancy, and I mentioned this one on Monday, and that's Hal's for a big steak yep. dinner, which there's plenty of other places there, too, to do that. Uh, Chops, Lobster Bar, one of my favorite places to go. You can go to La Grotta for some Italian food, another one of my favorites. Uh, so a couple fancier options there. Fox Brothers Barbecue, very solid spot. They were featured in some kind of Atlanta magazine pretty recently. Last time I went home, I got a huge brisket sandwich, pulled pork, mac and cheese, all that kind of stuff that you can you can imagine that a barbecue yeah, place would have. Yeah, plate looks good. Plate looks really good. And then the final recommendation, a place I've been going for pizza since I can remember, is called Fellini's. There's a couple locations around the city, one kind of in the Buckhead area, one near Midtown. Best place to get pizza. That or Antico. Antico is like that Neapolitan-style pizza, which is probably my favorite style but if you're going for mm-hmm. regular traditional football pizza Fellini's is your spot man the beef ribs at Fox Brothers look amazing I should have went for the ribs when I when I went I think I was I was gonna have to wait like an extra hour or something so I I chose to get the quick option which was brisket all right so those are your recommendations how is that the whole list that's the final list and then again the other stuff was aquarium college football Hall of Fame world of Coke your typical Atlanta stuff. Yeah, the aquarium is sick. Just go early because once the crowd is there, it's it's miserable. 
Uh, place is incredible, though, if you have uh, not been. So enjoy that. The podcast, by the way, brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website's an office technology solution company. And uh, if you go to their website, you reach out to ABS and tell them we sent you. They'll give you a complimentary office technology assessment. So what is that? If you're a business owner or you make those kind of decisions for a business wherever you are in the state of Mississippi, they can service you. They do copiers and printers and mail machines, uh, voiceover, IP phones, cloud storage, data security projects, stuff like that. If you are in the market for any of those and you are in the state of Mississippi, absms.com is the website, and they'll give you, again, a complimentary assessment, see if they can fit your budget and tell you what kind of solutions they offer. Also, LB's, just across from Kroger on University Avenue in Oxford. This heat wave is almost out of here, working its way out back to normal fall temperatures. You've got, in the middle of next week, lower 80s, grilling weather all weekend, really. I mean, it's barely going to touch 90 on Saturday, if it does. So get your weekend started behind the grill. you got Nebraska and Illinois this weekend. Yeah, it's Watch week football. zero. you gotta got to grill for that. Grill Start some steaks. Season. Go buy LBs and tell Greg that we sent you. Also, let them do the cooking for you. They have daily lunch specials Monday through Friday. All right, Ole Miss got a commit today, early this morning. I think it was around midnight, if I remember correctly. I was definitely asleep for that. But it was one that uh, apparently was coming, at least we knew that, for a few days. Bryson Hurst from Gaucher. He's an offensive lineman, a four-star consensus, four-star offensive tackle, 6'6", 320. Apparently, he's a supreme athlete, and he has offers from basically everybody. I mean, he's just one of those players that everybody wants and Ole Miss was able to get. That adds, here's a fun fact for you. So Ole Miss right now has five four-star commits, five of them. There is 11 players, um, 11 players. Five of them are four-stars. Last year's class that finished number 17, Eight four-stars. So Ole Miss has roughly 14 more players to go, right? If three of them are four-stars, just three of the remaining 14-ish that they sign, it's another top 20 class. Absolutely. And and we may get into this more later. I know you mentioned kind of big-picture stuff, but that's why when you look right now at their ranking of 48th in the nation and 14th in the SEC, completely disregard that. Because that's based on the fact that they only have 11 recruits right now committed. And that's a strictly a numbers thing. It has nothing to do with stars and rankings and that kind of thing, if I'm reading into this correctly. Yeah, it just um, it shows a lot of things. First of all, when you look at the this current class and who's in it, and I'm just looking at the four-star players. I mean, they've got... A couple of other offensive linemen, uh, Preston Cushman, for example, is a guy that Florida wanted. He's from Florida. Florida really wanted him. He's going to Ole Miss, but he plays center, and centers are usually uh, rarely they do they get above a three-star. So he's a high-profile commit just as somebody that uh, maybe doesn't have the star associated with it. When, when you look at the highest-ranked players in this class, it's defensive back slash athlete, two of them, Defensive tackle, defensive end, offensive lineman. So not only are they currently building a class that should surpass the blue chip number that last year's number 17 class did, 
they're doing it in a diverse fashion and at the line of scrimmage. So that's number one. Number two, if you look at this class, they are getting players, good players, from non-traditionally non-Ole Miss-friendly locations. You've got a four-star defensive end from Tupelo. Tupelo hasn't always been friendly to Ole Miss. You've got a four-star defensive tackle from Germantown. For some reason, Ole Miss has had an impossible time getting players from Germantown to consider Ole Miss. And we now, saw that as recently as last year. Yeah. So you're seeing an immediate you know, change of heart from not an entire school, but from that area. And now a four-star offensive lineman from the coast, which is a place that even Matt Luke, who's from the coast, couldn't get players from the coast. So not only are they way ahead of pace to surpass last year's number 17 class, if, of course, things are a little bit different, but generally speaking, the certain points total that you get last year can, if you replicate it exactly, it'll be around the same ranking. Right. So not only are they on pace to surpass last year's class, they are shoring up offensive and defensive lines, but they're getting kids from places they don't traditionally get kids. And Lane Kiffin, as everybody should know by now, doesn't slow play recruiting, but he only cares about one thing. Who do I have in December? He's not going to push for early commitments. It's not something that they do. It's not their strategy. It wasn't last year. It's not this year. They're not going to get a kid on their campus and get every coach around them in what they call hot boxing. Remember the fraternity days. They do <laughs> that in recruiting. That. They basically, schools will basically force commitments out of kids that really don't want to commit. They'll, they'll kind of pressure them into it. It's not the case. That's not how they do it. And that's how you get these kind of recruitments that people are watching until the very end and the kid commits, then decommits, recommits, and that stuff is a nightmare. And and that's why following recruiting in that aspect is so difficult and just it, it's hard to do basically because, like you said, these kids are 16 and 17 years old. They're going to change their minds, and they're going to sometimes make irrational decisions based on, oh, I really like this campus. I'm going to commit right now. Then they go see another campus, and, hey, guess what? They like that one too. Yeah. So. It's tricky, for sure. I have seen, and we've heard from listeners on the radio show lately, um, I don't know how we haven't learned by now after last year. Don't freak out or look at recruiting rankings and their current rankings until signing day. Don't do that because... It's going to change so much. I mean, here, I'll I'll pull it up right now. I did this exercise last year when the mayor was doing whatever the hell she was doing and retweeting people that are saying Ole Miss's recruiting is a disaster in in the middle of the summer because that's an opinion that, uh, anyway. um, (laughs) I I don't know how we haven't learned from a year ago uh, about that, but let's just, for the sake of it, look at the, the team recruiting rankings. So class of 2022, right? Yes. It's crazy. My gosh, we're already <laughs> on the class of 2022. Um, pulling up the team rankings right now. And currently... Ole Miss is 46 yeah. currently. Ahead of them right now is Michigan State. They will pass Michigan State. Michigan State has 19 commits. Ole Miss has 11. That's the only reason why Michigan State is ahead of Ole Miss right now. Boston College is ahead of Ole Miss. You want to know why? They have 21 commits to Ole Miss's 11. Virginia Tech, West Virginia... 
South Carolina has 16. Iowa State is a team that Ole Miss will almost assuredly pass in recruiting rankings. Baylor, Mississippi State, I mean, we saw it a year ago. Stanford, Rutgers, Missouri, Indiana, Cincinnati. Vanderbilt's in front of them on the list Are that they? I'm looking at. Vanderbilt, yes. Vanderbilt is ahead of them because they have 17 commitments. 15 of them are three stars, and two of them are below that. Ole Miss will pass Vanderbilt. Ole Miss will pass Arizona and Marshall and Purdue and Illinois and Duke and Maryland and Cal. All of those programs are currently ranked ahead of them. That is why you don't look at recruiting rankings as a whole because right now they're heavily weighted based on number of players that you have. And last year, you remember last summer, Ole Miss is recruiting a disaster and the mayor's doing her thing because they because <laughs> they, they had a decommitment from a kicker because they were getting a better kicker than the one. And, and that's where all of that, that crap came from. But people were freaking out. And Mississippi State fans and media, oh my God, look, look at them. They're recruiting so terribly. And then what happened? Then they end up in the top 20. And they end up in the top 20. Because yeah, I want to say when all that stuff was going on, they were outside of the top 50. They were like 80th. Yeah. But that's why you don't look at recruiting rankings in June. Right, because then you add a couple four-star kids and then boom, you're, you shoot up 50 spots. It, it's crazy how this stuff works and the algorithms that they use to do it, but... It, right now, it is so heavily based on numbers. That's how Vanderbilt, with no five stars, no four stars, and 16 three stars, end, ends up ahead of Ole Miss right now. Exactly. But people are starting to do that again this year. What's going on with recruiting? I'm a little underwhelmed with recruiting. I understand. I, I truly understand because, you know, you look at this board and you do see, like, Notre Dame's number one. There are programs that recruit well that are up there. Florida State's up there. Uh, Florida State has nine four-stars committed. Penn State has 13, but they also have 24 commitments. Penn State is done with their class, basically. They're done. They're done. Um, Ohio State's up there. Alabama only has 14 commitments themselves. So- these, are, these are traditional power names, though. When you're not one of those traditional powers, you have to recruit a different way. And I, I think Ole Miss is approaching it in a very smart and calculated way. Of course. And... There are a lot of prospects, and the the hot boxing thing. I heard Neil McCready say this, and and he would know. So I'll I'll just kind of parrot what he said. Um, apparently, the Ole Miss coaching staff is using their recruiting pitch right now was wait and see. You know, if you're on the fence, whatever, that's fine. Watch us play, and then you'll see. It's not commit to us right now. We need you right now. It's you got till December. Watch us play. We'll be in Atlanta on Monday night, the only game in town. You won't you won't be able to miss us. Turn on your TV on Monday night and watch us. And tell me you don't want to be a part of that. Yeah. That's part of apparently part of their recruiting pitch. And I have I heard last year, and apparently it's still the same way. They're they don't pressure commitments. Lane Kiffin at his press conference when he signed a top twenty class last year tried to tell everybody that was willing to listen, I don't care about early commits. I care about signing them today. What am what is my ranking today and who's on my team today? I don't care about the summer. He said that doesn't matter. Until they sign it doesn't matter. So he tried to tell you, chill. Just take a deep breath. This is the best recruiting staff that the program has ever had. Ever. You think they're gonna finish in the fifties or whatever? No. 
And last year should have told you that. The same thing is going to happen this year that it did last year. They're going to fill their class, and they're going to shoot up the board. They're going to pass the Marshalls and the Vanderbilts of the world just like last year. So if you're one of those people that's worried about recruiting, just relax. Take a breath. Take a, It'll take care of itself just like it did a year ago. And if they use, which it sounds like they are, using the same approach that they did last year, the product that you saw on the field last year and that recruits inevitably saw was one of the more high-profile and just energizing products to watch on the field, on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, you can show kids tape and say, hey, look, you can come here and play right away. Well, and it works because they're going to have to play a bunch of young guys on defense now. Yep. And, and so I the think, pitch was accurate. I, right. I think getting some of the higher-ranked and higher recruited or more highly-recruited guys on the defensive side of the ball came from that, of being able to tell them, look, you can come in as a freshman, and you're going to be in this rotation. Hmm. That's, I think that's a big part of it. And then on offense, like I said— it was so energizing and electrifying to watch that, you know, kids want to be a part of that. It's amazing sometimes. Some people overcomplicate recruiting. A lot of times it comes down to which school paid more. But most of the time it, it comes down to your product sells itself. Alabama sells itself. Yes, you know, I'm not naive like Colin Cowherd. Yeah, Alabama plays the game like everybody else does, but their product sells itself. I, I can't tell you the number of people, oh, they only signs five stars because because they all get Dodge Chargers. No, no, that, that's hurt, a nice but... perk, I'm sure. But they get five stars because they see winning and then they see NFL. Yep. When you turn on the NFL draft and you have that many guys going in the first round, second round, you know, every year. day one and day two, that's what's going to get kids right. to commit to you. Not your facilities, not all this other stuff. It's getting to the NFL. The product sells itself, and that's going to be Ole Miss's approach. So they're already on pace to surpass last year's class, probably by a significant margin at this point. Uh, they're in on high-profile guys that, you know, some of them like to play the recruiting game, innocently why would you or not? not innocently. Yeah, I mean, they are selling. Watch it. Watch us and tell me you don't want to be a part of it. And they will, just like they did a year ago. So big-time pickup, I mean, when you get elite offensive linemen, especially from a place that you have struggled with in the past. But those things, where he came from is a big deal. What he plays is a big deal. You know, how he plays, obviously a big deal. What it means for the pace that they're on. I mean, it's just things are, at this point, how can you not trust this coaching staff? I guess would be my question in terms of recruiting and things like that. So it's a big deal, and they'll continue to get guys like this moving forward because this is what they're poised to do. One last thing to kind of throw in there, too, with that list that you were talking about. One other big thing is the fact that this is an offensive lineman joining this class, and there were a lot of people that when Randy Clemens got fired thought that, oh, no, there's not going to be a way to get offensive linemen into this class. There's issues there. So – I think this kind of settles that fear for a lot of people out there as well. Not that it had persisted much. I think they signed that was they signed the offensive lineman from Florida pretty recently after the and new then, hire. So uh, then uh, Thornton was the reason they got uh, Orlando. Yeah, and so this is a, just a continuation of that. Yeah, it's almost as if 
It's almost as if Lane Kiffin might know what he's doing. Maybe. And saw a toxic that, – that was my take at the time. It was before you jumped on this podcast was uh, there were some people that were like, why? Why wouldn't you wait till the end of the season? If you identify a problem, you fix it and look at what it was replaced with. Yeah. And Obviously working but, out fine. Right. Nothing but recruiting success since then. Now, of course, we'll we'll see it on the field here in a couple of days, basically. But for now, it all looks like the right decision. Yeah. Uh, we've done it the last couple of times, so we'll do it again, too. Here's uh, Lane Kiffin after yesterday's practice. Uh, you hear a couple of things. One about the position switches and stuff like that. Interesting stuff here from uh, from Lane Kiffin, so we'll play that for you now, and that will end the podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in, as you always do. Enjoy the wrecks that Stephen gave you for Atlanta, and sit back and enjoy recruiting. There's no reason to worry, and today was another example why so you all have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you again on friday i'm still in camp mode here tomorrow we'll get more to the opener in preparation for that but you know it'll just be extra work we still need to develop guys and especially our young players and figure out where we're going to play people but obviously we're getting a little closer to that and have to combine the two this week it's always a tricky week and you had school starting so less time with them so we're just going to have to maximize what it is. No, after Saturday's scrimmage, you feel better about how the defense performed and responded after Phil and taking a closer look. What, what else have you seen from them? Same thing. Um, you know, they played really well. They tackled well. They didn't give up explosive plays, carried over into today's practice. Outside of seven on seven, I don't think we scored today offensively. So, you know, that's really good, especially in four-minute, two-minute situations to stop them both times. In the four-minute and the two-minute um, is an issue on offense and really good on defense. Have you found any of the depth you were looking for after that first scrimmage, or are you still kind of struggling to find people to stand out on the second teams? Well, I think that's position by position. We are, you know, limited in a number of positions with injuries. I would say positionally, offensive line, we're very low on numbers. So it's been hard to develop guys there. Same with receiver. Same with tight end. Running backs were healthy and feel pretty good there. Our secondary is pretty healthy. I feel like we're developing some guys there. Linebacker and D-line. So really, our defense is pretty healthy and our offense is not. The last more big picture question. There's a story in Sports Illustrated that Ross Dellinger wrote about NCAA moving closer to an immediate expansion of the 25-person signing class because of transfer portal. Have you had many discussions about that and are you guys having to sort of make some some plans different ways in the event that that happens yeah i i don't know that we've not had a conference conversation about that they've not made us aware so i'm not sure what ross is writing about or how much truth to it is to it there should be some relief somewhere um whether that's for grad transfers whether that's for players to leave eligible something because um, you're going to have a, I said this when it happened, when it started, you're going to have a number of issues because guys are leaving. You can't replace them. And when they're going other places, they're taking places, they're taking spots from other kids. So really, you got hundreds of high school kids that are not going to sign anywhere and have places to go that would have. So be careful what you wish for. Just uh, looking through the roster, it looks like Jalen Cunningham is now on the defensive line and with Arius Cox on the offensive line. You can just kind of go into what, what behind those moves. Just looking at some things. Um, both those guys have skill sets that, you know, could have a chance on the other side. Uh, Jalen played there in high school. Really, that's all he did in high school, I guess, but one play where 
<clears throat> he told me that Coach Luke saw him for the one play on offense, but that's all he's known was defensive line before. So we'll see. It's a big body. So they've been there a couple of days. Have you seen anything in particular from from Eli Acker or from Bryce Ramsey kind of having to step in with, with the one sometimes on the offensive line? Yeah, both guys have done really good things. Um, Eli's limited right now, and Bryce has been in and out as well. So, you know, kind of common theme at that position, especially with our twos. So, but both guys have done some really good things. Do you expect Ben or Orlando to be able to practice all this week? I expect everybody to. Kind of a follow-up, if you don't mind. I'm curious, the way that the, the legislation is now with the 25 and all the people in the transfer portal, does it change the way at a SEC school you look at a, at a high school player in terms of, hey, can he help me right away? And if he can't, I look at him differently. And if you could put your FAU hat back on for a minute, when you were there with this, would this change the way you recruited high school kids or would you be more apt to fill the, the majority of your class with guys out of the portal? Okay, I gotta be two head coaches here. So Ole Miss first. Um, it does change how you look at it from a pure number standpoint. Not necessarily, you still need to take guys that will develop. So it's not just, okay, which guys will play right away, but now maybe you only take the 15 best instead of 25 best that you can find. Well, that's a big difference because you gotta have spots for these other guys. You know, FAU, you know, a group of five. I'm sure everybody's going to go about it different. It's like, <clears throat> you know, in NFL, they talk about NFL teams and this franchise builds by draft. This franchise builds by free agency. This one does a good mixture. It's the same thing, you know, and sometimes is it younger free agents or is it veteran free agents? And that's kind of grad transfers. So I think everybody's going to be different. I think, <clears throat> you know, there, you know, you could really – Change your, you can change your program anywhere quicker than ever now, but especially there because you go get all these guys from bigger places that you know are leaving that you weren't able to get out of high school. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.